0: What's good everybody and welcome to another episode of the M podcast with your host, yours Shirley giant shields here on this wednesday july the 27th year 2022 lots to talk about here on this midweek program as the month of july comes to a close touch on some major league baseball items of business juan soto where will he be traded touch a little bit on the subway series between the yankees and the mets and do a little bit of uh, red sox here at the top i wasn't going to address it um uh but when I saw that the Arizona Cardinals uh gave Kyler Murray an incentive, making sure that he studies four hours uh four hours uh a week prior to games, uh, watching film and basically treating him like a uh like a parent would treat uh, a thirteen year old a uh, middle school student who who doesn't want to study prior to his uh tests and his and his exams i i said you know i gotta come on here and basically rehash what i said on friday show julio jones is a buccaneer Give my two cents on that and i also got a little bit of something to say in regards to draymond green but where we'll begin is with the boston red sox who enter into Friday or Friday? Who enter into Wednesday's action currently, albeit at 500, but currently in last place in the AL East. Ladies and gentlemen, they now have a worse run differential than my Baltimore Orioles heading into Friday. Why do I keep on saying Friday? Heading into Wednesday night's action with a minus 15 run differential to the Orioles current f- five, which will change uh, based on a certain uh, based on the uh, based on the what will go on in Fenway Park when Boston plays uh, Cleveland and what will happen here in Baltimore as the Orioles play their third or four against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. but they are 49-49. They are in last place, albeit by half game. And things can change, and you know you could be listening to this at essentially eleven thirty tonight, and it may. And what I'm about to say, as far as last places, then doesn't mean anything, you know, because they could they could beat Cleveland, and the Orioles fall flat on their faces and lose five nothing. But but for this moment in time, I'm speaking on what's occurred within the last 24 hours, and really longer than that, with the Boston Red Sox. They've lost eight out of the last 10 games. They are currently three and a half back, a half game back between the White Sox and the Ori. They they are behind the White Sox, the Orioles, and the Indians, just to breathe on Tampa Bay for that third wild card spot. And they are, if you do the math, four games back of the four, four and a half games back of thereabouts. Of Seattle for the second wild card spot, who is currently sitting at 53 and 45, won seven out of the last 10 back to back games as their 14 game winning streak came to an end not too long ago. But if you look at the Red Sox and what has been a roller coaster up and down inconsistent season that they have had, you go back and look at the month of June. We thought in May we thought in April and in May that this team was going to be destined to nowhere, mediocrity at best, and then they start out the month of June and a third in the second game of a two-game series against the Cincinnati Reds on June first, they proceeded to go on a one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, get seven, excuse me seven-game winning streak. Seven game winning streak to begin the month of June. They take two of three, they take three or four from the Angels, two of three from the Mariners on the road on the West Coast trip. Then they come back to Boston, they take two or three from the Athletics, two of three from the Cardinals, sweep the Detroit Tigers, and sweep the Cleveland Indians. Six game win streak, lose back to back games to the Toronto Blue Jays beat the Blue Jays' last game that they play in the month or because they had the 30th off, and they won June 29th. So if you're doing the math at home, the Red Sox in the month of June went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 games in the month of June. They went 20 and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. They went 20 and 6 in the month of June. In the month of July, they started out losing back to back games to the Cubs, they couldn't pitch. Back-to-back to, back to the Cubs, lose a series to the Cubs on the road, come back home, lose two of three to Tampa, lose, or not lose, but split a series against the Yankees in early July. And in that stretch with the Tampa series and the Yankees series, they lost one, two, three, four games in a row. Win Saturday, on a walk when when a set went beat the Yankees on July the 9th on a walk off beat the Tar out of the Yankees 11-6 in in the uh in uh, on on uh, July the 10th okay then they proceed to lose four games in a row get swept by Tampa on the road and lose two out of 3 to the Yankees in Yankee Stadium Come out of the All-Star break, another losing streak. They get swept by Toronto. And they lose to the Guardians 8-3 on Tuesday night. So they went 20-6 in June. And so far they have gone 1-2-3-4-5-6. Six wins and 1-2-3. Three, four, five. Let me recount because I won't. They have won six games and have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen times in the month of July. They have not. Repeat. They have not won a series. In this month, at all, the best that they have done is split the Yankees when they came to Fenway Park in early July. The best that they've done this month thus far, and there's still an opportunity for them to win a series if they beat Cleveland. To, if they beat Cleveland tonight and tonight and Thursday, and they round out the month of July hosting the Brewers, but the best that they've done is split. In the month of June, the Red Sox won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven series. They played eight series in the month of June, won seven of them, lost one to the Blue Jays in Toronto. Won seven series, lost one. The best that they've done in July is split. They have not won a series at all this month. And that is not even... And that's just scratching the surface. You want to talk about the fact that they somehow, someway on Friday night allowed the Toronto Blue Jays to come into their building and score 28 runs on 29 hits in a 9 inning baseball game. They lost to the Blue Jays 28 to 5 last Friday night. The Blue Jays scored in ev- the Blue Jays scored in every inning consecutively from the 1st inning to the 6th. They had a 7 run third a four-run fourth, an 11-run fifth, a two-run sixth, and scoring one run in the first and ninth inning. The only innings where the Blue Jays would hold scoreless were in the seventh and eighth inning when the game was no longer in question. They can't pitch. Their bullpen, which we thought had was showing some life. In June has now gone back to the way it was in April. They're starting they, they have no pitching. Starting pitching, especially. Nathan Uvaldi has vomited all over himself with a four point three oh ERA. Four point he's four and three with a four point three oh ERA. Who knows when we're going to see sell back and if he'll be the answer? And the Red Sox it's just been on an inconsistent slope from one month to the next they have still somehow some way have not won a series in the month uh in in the entire at, at all this season they have not won a series against the American League Eastern Division opponents at all this season well you say, well Jai, they went seven and one in June. Went seven and one in June, one went twenty and six in June. You know what the one series loss was in June? The Toronto Blue Jays. The best they've done, not just in July, but against American League East opponents all season was when they split the Yankees the 7th through the 10th lost the first two games won the won the next two games and went and especially the comeback that they had against the Yankees where uh, where the young where the young star player Jeter Downs uh, hits uh, had the walk off hit to beat the Yankees uh, to to beat the Yankees six five with uh, two outs in the in the in the bottom of the tenth inning when. Uh, when you when um when I believe it was Judge that had an when I believe it was Judge that had an RBI at the top of the tenth uh, had an RBI at the top of the tenth and he thought and then they came back the next night and they beat the Yankees and and they beat the tar out of them and Chapman vomit all over himself who who stinks and they went off for a three, run, 3 run fifth one run sixth and four run seventh inning and you thought oh look the look the red the Red Sox opportunity there for them to lose the series and possibly get swept by the Yankees coming to their own building. And what do the Red Sox do to get off the deck that went back-to-back games and and, and nice heroic tough uh, comeback f- fashion, so to speak? And all, you know, maybe it'll be a, a, a sign of things to come with the Red Sox. Then what happens? They leave Fenway Park. They go down to Tampa. They get swept. Then go to then go up to the Bronx to play the Yankees. And uh, and before the All Star break, they lose two of three and they were very fortunate to win Friday night they 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 scored the go ahead they scored the go ahead run Xander Bogart scoring on a wild pitch the uh the the catcher for the Yankees uh um the Trevino that came in had no idea where the hell the ball it let the ball let the ball ricochet off his mask and and he nor the uh nor the starting pitcher for New York uh the King uh, the K- uh King were lackadaisical and trying to cover the plate and, and and get the baseball and try to make sure uh, that there was a play to be had with with Devers storming home. They were very fortunate to win that game. On top of the fact that they got the teeth bashed in by the Blue Jays, and they just straight up they they just can't pitch. They cannot pitch. Front end of the rotation, back end of the rotation, they their pitching is atrocious. And what have we seen in baseball? You can have all the town in the world with Devers, Bogarts, J.D. Martin Doesn't matter. And baseball, if you're if you're starting pitchers, give up runs like it's like it's like it's uh, like it's the the U.S. government handing out food stamps at Christmas time. There there there, you're not going to win many baseball games. You're just not. And the Red Sox and the good and if anything the good the the fantastic June that they have that excuse me that they had has done them tremendous favors because if they because they didn't have that tremendous June they they'd be, they'd be uh, about 10 15 games or so under 500 same. It's funny. I read the same story with the with about the Orioles on Twitter earlier this afternoon, saying how basically if the Orioles didn't have didn't have a a, a sluggish, abysmal uh, month of April, the Orioles would pr- the Orioles would be about ten, fifteen games above five hundred. The way that they've essentially been playing since since. Uh, Really, you want to go back to the Anthony Santander three-run walk-off home run game on May the 18th against, against the Yankees. And Davis, and from that game forward, it's been a totally different baseball team. Throw in especially the call of Adley Rutschman a few days later. But really, ever since ever since that Anthony Santander three run home run to avoid a uh, sweep of the Yankees when they came to town back in mid May, the Orioles have been a totally different baseball team. Had it not been for that, especially with the ten game winning streak, and had it not been for the god awful April that they that they that they had, hell, they probably would be holding a wild card spot right now and be about 10, 15 games above five hundred at best. Red Sox. It goes the it goes the other direction. If the Red Sox didn't have such a great month of June, they right now wouldn't be sitting even. Kill at five hundred and forty nine and forty nine. They'd be sitting along the lines of, uh, you know, they'd be they 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 would be fifty forty three and fifty three, or forty two and fifty six. Had it not been for the great June that they had, but that's I'm number one. Item number two, Yankees in the Mets. Uh, I do not understand for the life of me why Aaron Boone thought it was a brilliant idea to pinch hit uh, um, IKF, Isaiah, uh, Kiner, oh, I No idea why he thought it was a... who, ha, who has been hot as of late, had a two-for-three night, and he decides to pinch hit him with the lefty-lefty foolishness without a veno and, and, and ghost was bench and to his bench and thinks that selecting Joey Gallo to pinch it was a brilliant idea I, I don't know what drugs he was consuming uh, in the dugout. I don't know what data he either was told by Cashman or looked at on his little data sheet on an iPad that thought it was a real idea. I have no idea. I could live to be 150 years old and I still would never and, and, and would be blessed with the wisdom of King Solomon himself. And I still wouldn't be able to understand why Boone thought it was a good idea to have Joey Gallo, of all people, pinch at Isaiah Connoffaloffa. Kind no, I mean, and B- Buck Showalter, coach circles. I, I the silent, the silence is me with my pen in my hand, drawing circles in the air because Buck Showalter literally managed circles, circles around Aaron Boone on Tuesday night. So what? So Aaron Boone's playing checkers. Buck Showalter, the genius, is playing chess. He says, "Okay, you're gonna bring up an automatic out, an automatic out that can strike out in his sleep." And Joey Gallo, here's what I'll do: I'll go to my bullpen, go uh, and, and 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 tap on Edwin Diaz, who somehow some uh, t- if Edwin Diaz ends up ends up uh, getting some big time outs for the Mets in the in the uh, in the postseason. Boy, I would, I would lo- now listen, I I was in the same boat, you know, with Zach Tillman, one, th- one of him throwing out the pass, and we ended up going to Super Bowl. It'd be a similar set of circumstances for the Mets if Edwin Diaz comes in and either do or die game late in September or, in this case, early October, that, that could win the Mets the division or in a playoff series in mid-late October, and he and he comes in and gets a clutch four, five-out save or a clutch save with the bases loaded in and in a two-nothing Pitchers duel, uh, you know, against the Atlanta Braves, the Dodgers, whoever, and and Met fans who who wanted uh, Diaz thrown thrown and launched into the sun. Not too long ago, about a good about a good uh, three four years ago, now all of a sudden would probably be now again things can still change it is it's still it's the Mets and it is uh, and it is July not September October baseball but I'm saying hypothetically boy wouldn't that be a, a, a interesting turn of events if Edwin Diaz is the you know comes in in a late in a late game in a po- or it comes in late in the game in the postseason or in a regular season game that the Mets need to either win a division or keep pace with the Braves when he comes in and gets the job done boy wouldn't that be an Interesting secrets of events, but anyway, I digress. You bring in Edwin Diaz, who's had an absolutely sensational season this year, has been completely unhittable, and is a strikeout machine in a good way, which you would want from a from a from a from a guy coming out of the back end of your bullpen as your closer. Buck Showalter says, "All right, Aaron, boy, you going to play that game. I'll go to my bullpen, tap in uh, Edwin Diaz, and it, and it's good and it's good morning, good afternoon, good night." Joey Gallo does something again, strikes out in his sleep. In his sleep, he stinks. I mean, it, it is offensive that Joey Gallo is earning millions of dollars, is collecting a paycheck for the New York Yankees, no less, and he goes up there to the plate and does nothing but create nice uh, breezes for the home plate umpire and whatever catcher is sitting behind the plate. Goes out, goes up there, strikes out, waste of an at bat, a, a waste of taking IKF out of the game. Yankees lose. And Jordan Montgomery can't get anybody out after uh after uh rizzo and uh and judge go back to back in the top of the first inning Miscues weren't running the bases like we like we saw with the Yankees last year i mean it, it, was, it was from a Yankee perspective it was a mess a mess the twenty twenty one Yankees showed up running the bases. The the offense went away after the back to back home runs from Judge and Rizzo on top of the first Montgomery stinks and here's Aaron Boone <laughs> pinch hitting <laughs> pinch hitting Joey Gall- pinch hitting for Joey, Joey Gallo and taking IKF off the field who who's been hot as of late uh, in the month of July and went two for three on the night. And here comes my guy Buck, you know, out managing and co- and coaching, out coaching circles around, you know, circles around uh, Aaron Boone, and comes in and brings in Edwin Diaz for the four out safe. My goodness gracious! Second game of the Yankees Mets in Flushing on Wednesday night, and then of course finally with uh, Juan Soto. Uh, there are plenty of teams that I have heard in the rumblings, you know, the Yankees. It'll be very interesting to see what team will cough up what uh, to get the. And, and the thing about Juan Soto that the, that the Nationals will ask for a king ransom for is that he's under team control for the next few years. This isn't, isn't, you know, you get him for a rental where basically everybody has a chance to land him because he's a free agency at the end of the season. Where the costing price isn't as high because he's going to be a free agent at season's end. I mean, you got a ton of teams, you know, you you hear the man. And a lot of teams I've heard, the two of them are the Cardinals and the Yankees. The Yankee, the Yankees who need to get rid of Joey Gallo in the worst way imaginable, and he and Aaron Hicks, for that matter, are not long-term solutions in the out either in the outfield or at the plate for uh, for the Yankees, and not just 2021, 2022, but in the seasons that come thereafter. And then you also hear noise of the Cardinals because the Cardinals, albeit are paying Aaron not, are paying Nolan Arenado a bunch, but they need another, uh, but they need another uh, bat in the lineup in the worst way. So you've heard the Cardinals in uh in conversation with, with, with landing soto. Where I think he'll go, not i not entirely sure, to be quite honest with you. If you told me he got traded to the Cardinals, I wouldn't be shocked. I, if you told me he got traded to the uh Dodgers, I wouldn't be shocked because of course the of course the Dodgers go out there and land Juan Soto. Um. Uh, and they have the pro. And they have the prospects to give to uh, to give the Nationals to get them. Uh, the Yankees at one shot, it would. The Yankees be a good move on their part, but the only thing is, is that if you trade for Juan Soto, you're basically letting Aaron Judge know that we have no intention of of uh, of of uh, resigning you at season's end. But who could pass up the? But in exchange for that. You also have Judge Stanton and Soto in the same lineup for let's say the month of July is over. So all of August, all of all of August, all of September, all of October. You got Judge Stanton and Soto, and oh by the way, here's DJ Lemayhew, uh, and here's DJ Lemayhew, and and uh, and Rizzo and Carpenter who's hitting the who's hitting the cover off the ball in the same lineup for th- for a set- for a three month period. So the only thing is, if you're, you know, the only thing is that if you're a Yankee fan, they pull the trigger on Soto, you got to be mentally prepared that Aaron Judge won't be in a Yankee uniform after the 2022 season. That'd be the, that would be so. The Yankee fan, we want Soto, we want Soto, are the same Yankee fans that were that were raking my last damn nerves on Saturday night, uh, chanting and shouting at the top of their lungs. Uh, This is no lie. I'm not exercising hyperbole when I say this. Literally, one pitch into Yankee, into the the game on Saturday between the Yankees and Orioles with the MVP chance with Aaron Judge. MVP, MVP. (claps) Top of the lungs, clapping their hands, going crazy. Until Garrett Cole started to vomit all over himself and uh, here come the Oriole bats in the bottom of the 7th and bottom of the 8th inning to win the game. But anyway, if if you're a Yankee fan, you gotta prepare for that for that mental for that, for that mentally. But uh, I honestly have no idea where Soto's gonna end up. None. I, I if I if I went to I would give my best ed- educated guess, but I honestly don't have one. I have z I there's no, I don't have like an intuition where I think it's gonna go. Nothing. P- put a bunch of teams into a hat and pull one out, then that'd be the team I'd tell you they'd go to very interesting dynamic with Juan Soto who's who's on the trade market as the August 2nd deadline rears closer and closer. So, that is where we begin on this midweek show. We will take a break, switch to the NFL, not that I want to. I understand beginning a training camp and this that and the other but there are two things I had to adjust a free agency signing with an all pro receiver uh, with uh, Julio Jones. And I also want to say another thing on Kyle Murray, the M. Tillick TIS podcast. will continue back right after this. New York City, New York City. You are now rallying. With 56. 50 you got to love it. You got love it. I just want to chillin' It's son, i so 745. You drive me crazy, shorty. I need to see you and feel you next to me. I provide everything you need and I like your smile. I don't want to see you cry. Got some questions that I got to ask and I hope you can come up with the baby Girl, it seems you to love me now. But you love me if I was down and out. But you still have love for me, girl. To love me now, but you love me, you me down and Would you still have love for me. Welcome to back me. to the Amatalki T.I. T.I.U.'s podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League for a quick minute, um, and I want to address the Kyle Murray thing, and then uh, give my two cents on uh, Julio Jones. Um, it, so it came out and it was made public that uh, Kyle Murray... Can forfeit would be can forfeit uh, up to a hundred million dollars of guaranteed money that he would get if he would get it if he studies at least four out hour, four hours of film a week, and he could lose it if word gets out that he doesn't do it, and he cannot study film while either playing video games. Or with the TV on in the background, or scrolling through social, or browsing through the internet, and I even think it says in the in the in the language of the contract that him uh, playing that him playing yeah playing video games such as uh, now I'm saying I'm saying this such as uh, such as Madden. Well, you know, if he wanted to be slick about it, you know, basically would be Madden basically to, NF, to, NF, to NFL quarterbacks. I meant to study film is the equivalent to us, when, us you know, in middle school, high school and well, not college is a different dynamic. But in middle school and high school using spark notes to or, or, or if there's a movie adaptation to a book we're supposed to read. Man is basically watching the movie instead of reading the book when it comes to NFL quarterbacks tr- that are supposed to sit down and study the film. It's that's basically that's basically what it is. And the Arizona Cardinals saying that you can't do that, and if we find out that you do do it, you forfeit a hundred million dollars of uh, hundred a uh, hundred million dollars guaranteed money. Here's my question though with the Arizona Cardinals: if you knew if you knew that. And this is also, by the way, in the aftermath of Colin Murray saying uh, publicly in 2021 in an interview with the New York Times saying, quote, I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill myself watching film. Which I think whether you're Callum Murray, whether you're uh Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence or Tom Brady does you no favor saying publicly and when when the New York Times is doing is doing a story on you saying public saying publicly, you know, not off the record, not the no saying 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 while the reporter has, has the pen in his hand writing down everywhere that you saying with a tape recorder saying, Oh yeah, oh by the way, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's, that's gonna that's gonna bug my eyes out and drive myself crazy staying up till three o'clock in the morning uh studying and breaking studying and breaking down uh, uh tape he did himself he did himself, he 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 did himself no favors by saying that none none i i i don't know why in the world a uh, a, a a starting quarterback in national football now at that point in time he was looking to be paid. I have no idea an agent wasn't in the room a good friend, a there wasn't anybody in the room whenever Kyler Murray sat down with the New York Times and, and, did, and did this piece uh, back in 2020, he never sits down and says to himself, nobody ever told him hey Kyler, you, you want a con- You want a new deal, you want a brand new contract, you know you're trying to break the bank and want the Cardinals to, to, to sit here and give you all this money and here you are saying admitting publicly to the press how you Don't watch film. That's that's like a uh, you know you know what that essentially is like. That is like a high. That's like a that's like a a a junior in high school, or a a junior or junior or a senior in high school going on a college trip to say, let's just say for the sake of conversation, uh, Duke going on a college trip to Duke going on a college trip to University of Maryland. A University of Miami, which has now all of a sudden gotten and has now all of a sudden been impossible to get into, trying to reshape their image, and yet their sports teams haven't won a damn thing, but I digress. That's like a junior or a senior in high school going to any of those colleges or an Ivy League school saying, yeah, I yeah I would, I would love to go. I would love to go here. I would love to be a student at your institution. But oh yeah, by the way, I don't. I I I I'm not one of those guys that's going to stay up till uh, and 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 burn the midnight oil doing homework and studying before tests and exams. What? And and then and then saying the, and then said in the same and then say at, in the same breath with the handout saying I I, I want to be admitted into your school. When I when I sign off on the college applications and send and send them through and pay the application fee and go through the hassle of of, of 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 collecting my test scores and my GPA and my transcripts and everything else but yeah I want I want to be in I don't I don't want to do homework but I but I want to be in your school I want to go to Notre Dame I want to go to Duke I want to go to Columbia I want to I want to go to uh, to to Yale Harvard Cornell. They, 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 the the emissions, the people, and the uh, and the uh, and and the president of school look at you cross-eyed. Same thing here with Colin Murray. Yeah, I'm not gonna drive myself crazy studying. Crazy, what well, I don't want to. It's bad enough that my play isn't isn't worthy enough of the money that I want. But I'm but I'm not even gonna be. I'm not that type of player. I'm not you know up front, out in the open, publicly not keeping it saying it to yourself or or saying it within the within the realms of closed doors which the closest people where you know whatever you say there stay no 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 it's yeah i'm not good enough i'm not good enough either talent wise and by the stats of the mahomes and, we, and again we went we've gone through this of the mahomes the bread uh, of the mahomes the uh the allens the uh, the the not even the Lamar Jacksons, the Joe Burroughs, Justin Herberts in the world, but yeah, I want to be paid like like I, like I, like I'm on their level. I want to be paid like an Aaron Rodgers. I want to be paid like a Russell Wilson. Yet, not only are you aren't that good enough to, uh, to on the field to warrant that, but you made it known publicly that you're not even doing that. You're not even willing to do what it takes to to at least prepare like you're on that level. Preparing like you're like you're a top five quarterback in the league is one thing. You know, you, you may you may be a hell of a studier and a and a hell of a uh and your and your preparation before a game may be that of the class of Tom Brady. And you go out there and you play like Blake Bortles, that's one thing. But to play underwhelming And want big money, and then and your preparation is just as underwhelming and is just as bad as your play on the field and you want top dollar. I got a problem with that. I got a problem. And the Cardinals are the or the are the admissions director, the president, whoever holds authority of who in, who gets in and who stays out of 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 the of the big time college university, they make the mistake in saying, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, we'll 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 give you admittance, no problem. Say because I don't know they uh, they belong to a rich family, you know that once you get them in your 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 pocket, your money's gonna go up because of the donations that you'll make and you get a lot out of them, a lot out of uh, out of the parents when it comes to when the tuition uh, clears every every semester but yet you know good and full well inside that when it, bread and butter of of, of evaluating the student. Same thing with Colin Murray. Not the position that he plays, but the level, but what how well at the current level and, and, and comparing him to his peers, how well does he how well and how good of a job does he does he do at his job doesn't warrant the money. The high school student that admits they don't study. And and that, and and that they don't burn the midnight oil doing, doing assignments, making sure that when they show up to school at 8 o'clock in the morning that, that, that they're ducks in a row. They're, all of their I's are dotted and T's across, literally and figuratively. Yet we know that you know once you once you get in that w- once we have you you'll be a tremendous asset to us because because of what you provide us financially. Kyler Murray, same thing. We know that once you're on our team that you know that you give us a a a, a, a solid chance to at least compete to win a Super Bowl. We know that without you we, and without a, a franchise quarterback that you can't win. Yet they essentially admit to you. They admit to you to your face that they don't put in the work on the side. And they're a marginal student at best. That's another element I forgot to put in with my little analogy. The student isn't a straight A student, 4.0 GPA that doesn't study. They are, you know, on, on the spectrum with the GPA. They're borderline. They're a, they're a C student. C, C student, B minus, wanting, wanting to get into an Ivy League school. Or the Dukes of, or 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 schools that aren't Ivy League but are basically the Ivy League of the, of the of the collection of schools that they're a part of. A la, say Duke, Allah say uh, Notre Dame. C student, C C plus B minus. You admit you don't do put forth the extra mile to become that A student, and yet you want and yet you want your guaranteed admissions, admittance. Excuse me. Kyler Murray wants the guaranteed contract. And it would be and it would be the same situation that if the same school says, Okay, we know you're not that great, you know, put the wood in, but the upside, the money that we'll get because you come from an affluent family or whatever connections that you may have that may help the school on the surface and and you and you, and you give him the admittance you you know you give him admission into the school fully get you know give him admittance send him the welcome welcome to our school letter yet on the back end you sit you're sitting in your office you know on a on a Tuesday and early on on a on a Tuesday and late and uh and um early in uh mid October You got to call and you got to call the student into your office because they're on academic probation or they're in jeopardy of flunking out of school or they just straight up don't go to class and then your bitch complain well how come this how come that well listen you had an opportunity to nip it in the bud and not reward them for their underwhelming bad behavior bad performances and you thought otherwise. You thought the money that you thought the money and the resources and the and the assets that came with that came with that kid going to your school is more important. Then when it comes to the nitty gritty, you know, you go out there and, and you and you search on the internet, you know, how you know what students are what's the average GPA of students flunking out of school, this, that, and the other, you all of a sudden you care more about that than you actually do the the, the 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 bells and whistles of the institution. And you mo- moaning, groaning, you are all pissed off. You complain. Well, this uh, you know, ri- writing letters, emails, and calling up parents, saying your 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 kids in danger of fucking out of school. Same with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals. I, with the Cardinals, I don't want to hear from the owner, the GM, or even Cliff Kingsbury moaning, groan in. Uh, Week in week twelve, week thirteen, when Kyler Murray, you know, goes uh, goes ten or twenty five, loses two fumbles running the football, throws three interceptions, and has a completion percentage in a game of uh, of forty four percent, and throws for a hundred and ninety seven yards, and you and you lose and you lose a game, uh, the, and you lose a game thirty one thirty one six. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear it at any morning groaning, no complaining. Don't want to hear it. Because you had an opportunity to find it out and not reward Kyler Murray for, for, for what he's shown you. My Angela Angelou said it best. People show you who they are, believe him. It not just apply to one-on-one interpersonal relationships. It applies in every single walk of life when you're dealing with human beings the personal relationship aspect, and even the business aspect. Or maybe not in the middle of the season, but when Kyle Murray, like uh, like he, he and Kingsbury, uh, uh, Kingsbury have done in the past, and that's basically... Uh, lead you out to believe that you that this year is finally going to be a year looking like MVP candidate, win a division, top two seed the NFC, and then they fall flat on their face and miss the playoffs or make the playoffs as a wild card team by by the hair of their chin chin chin, and they get bounced in the first round. I don't want to hear you complain. You get what you pay for. You Get what you pay for. And again. It was me, and if he wants to sulk and pout and bitch and moan all throughout training camp, let him. If it's my franchise, I let him. I let him, because if he does that, that also goes to show that he's immature. That he's that 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 he's in, that he's that he's too immature to get the money and, and the responsibility that comes with it. To the, the, he's too he's too immature for that. But if that but if he would have done that if I had said, you know what, we're not gonna pay you just yet, and still need to see a little more, that's all I would need to see. All I would need to see, all I would need to know. Either wait it out until his contract expires, or if he wants, negotiate a trade. But again, if Colin Murray lets the Cardinals down again, they have nobody to blame but themselves. As when it comes to Julio Jones, he is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and now the argument—I heard the argument uh, come into question, uh, you know who, you know what receiving core is better, the Bengals of the or the uh, 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 the Bengals or the Buccaneers receiving core. I'm not going to get into that argument, but he is going to be a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer on a one-year deal, and you know, you just know that. Um, that Tom Brady is going to incorporate. You 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 just know at this point that Tom Brady is going to incorporate and is going to get uh and is going to get uh Julio Jones uh, involved and a part of that offense so fast it'll 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 make your head spin. That he is going to be a vital. And if you think not. The only again the only and this this time we don't have to worry about you know Matt Ryan or or uh, Ryan Tannehill being his quarterback letting him down. Now it's now it's an argument of if Julio Jones to stay on the field because for the first time in his career. Now I get it. Matt Ryan was no slouch. Twenty sixteen NFL MVP and NFC champion. He and Julio got to a Super Bowl, but still. If they can hold a lead, they would both be Super Bowl champions and probably still both in Atlanta, but but you get the idea. Tom Brady is Matt Ryan and Tannehill put together can't hold Brady's jockstrap. So now it's not well he done have the record. The quarterback is that's all out the window, because you know Tom not that Ryan and Tannehill don't, but you but the way Brady is and the way that he makes every single one of his of his offensive players on his team better. He makes them better, and he makes them feel a part of something. Whether it's Danny Amendola, who just recently retired, whether it's that old lacrosse player uh, that he had up in New England for a few years, and Chris Hogan, whether it's Gronk, whether it's Aaron Hernandez, whether it's Julian Edelman, whether it's Troy Brown, whether it's um, uh, uh, Randy Moss, whether it's um, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Giovanni Bernard, Lenny Fournette, you name it. You name it. Brashad Paramount who couldn't catch a damn cold with the Ravens and all of a sudden Brady gets with them, and all of a sudden he looks like a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Who knew? You, you, you name the player. You you when when Brady throws his first touchdown pass to uh to Julio Jones week 1 against the Cowboys, you'll see that stat on the NBC broadcast and you'll see it all throughout your Twitter and your Instagram feeds of Tom Brady adds yet another wide receiver to his long list of players that he's thrown touchdown passes to. So you know for a fact that he ain't gonna waste no time getting Julio Jones in not a part of the team, making him feel like one of the guys, uh uh inaugurating him in with that locker room and with the receipt and with his other receivers with the other players on that offense. And you know that he's gonna incorporate him, especially that he wasn't, you know, a signing off the street in the middle of November. They signed him on uh in in late July. July 26th on Tuesday so they got ample time camp just opened up couldn't have picked a better time to sign if you're Julio Jones but you know Brady's want to get him involved in the offense early and often It's now it's just a matter of whether or not Julio Jones can stay on the field to enjoy playing with Tom Brady along the ride and oh, By the way, it takes the heat off of Chris Godwin, who's coming off an ACL injury, and uh, and uh, all and the Pro Bowl wide receiver Mike Evans. Brady loses Gronk, no biggie. He goes out there and he gets Julio Jones. I I hear a, I've heard a lot of rumblings that the Buccaneers may not be as good. As as people anticipate them on being, I don't think Brady's going to miss a beat. It's going to be a different voice room with the head coach. Arians is rah rah in your face. Todd Bowles is more reserved that way. We'll see how Brady and the crew handles it. But Byron Leftwich is still his right hand man at OC. Yeah, they lost Gronk, but that's really the only, and they lost Gronk, and they lost, uh, and they lost, uh, cap of the offensive lineman to the Bengals, but the Buccaneers gonna be in, 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 in solid shape. Wasn't like Brady decided in, uh, or, you know, earlier this month or whatever. Or held out to early August oh yeah by the way 45th birthday I'm back no he he was retired for essentially a month and a half and then he came back didn't miss a beat Brady was was retired and unretired from the you know in the, in the in the sequence of the conference championship games to the draft. He was retired, and then he unretired in the span of the conference championship games through the Super Bowl, through the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, the Combine, and then with the draft. By the time the draft came, Brady was was an active player again. But Julio Jones says, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take a break. Wrap things up. Want to get something off my chest in regards to Draymond the Until I can tell you this podcast. Welcome back to the I'm um, Tell Yous podcast. Real quick, uh, before I get to Draymond Green, Red Sox in July heading into tonight. Like I said, 6 and 16. They've allowed seven runs per game. ERA, they can't pitch worth a damn. 6.69, 20 errors, most in the sport, negative 75 run differential just in the month of July alone. And still no series victories against the AL East. Might I add too. With Draymond Green, I got two things to say on this. First off, the news came down uh, on earlier today on Wednesday that he wants a super max contract uh, from the wants a brand new contract, max contract with the Golden State Warriors. Again, if you saw Draymond Green play earlier in the early parts of the NBA of the from about game one up to about game three, game four, you know good and well that Dray- that Draymond Green's better better uh playing days is passed by. He wants a four year uh four year max extension. If you saw him the first uh three, four games of the finals, you know good and well he He's better playing days up behind him he's thirty-two years of age he'll be thirty he'll be thirty-three in the middle of next se- in the middle of next season. He's a good player, I think incredibly overrated and and not a Hall of Fame player by any stretch of imaginations. The way he played in the beginning of the finals is the perfect example. I think he's a guy that if he that if Steph Curry wasn't his teammate, he'd be on the Sacramento Sacramento Kings somewhere. You wouldn't know his name. I understand he's a four-time NBA champion, but I mean, come on. He had he was teammates with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson for and for a good minute, uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, he—he's not. He has. He's never made an All NBA first team. He's been on an All NBA second team and All NBA third team. He's won Defensive Player of the Year only once, and he's a four-time All Defensive First Team player, which I grant you, and a three-time and a three-time All Defensive Second Team. He led the league in steals only once. Good player, not great. And being in the Hall of Fame, especially when Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant are your teammates, and you've been on one team your entire career, you got to be great making it into the Hall of Fame. His resume, not all of it, but some of his resume, is puffed up and and is and is uh, and is uh, uh, um, amplified by the by by the teams that he's played on. Draymond Green is more, at, especially at this point in his career, he is more essential to what he provides to the Warriors that you don't count on the stat sheet than what you can count on the stat sheet. Because as we all know, in the first few games of the finals, he was atrocious. Had more, had more fouls than he had points fouled out of games like it was going out of style. So if the Warriors going to be dumb enough to give him a contract, uh, give him a max contract, contract extension, when you know, and they got players on the team a la Wiggins and Poole that at this moment in time are more deserving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You sleep in a bed, you make go and that's all I'ma say. And another thing with Draymond Green too, I'm getting sick and tired of. I'm getting sick and tired of seeing every single five minutes so I scroll on my Twitter feed and seeing Draymond Dr- Green trending for picking these asinine, stupid, meaningless, pointless debates and arguments and Twitter pissing and Twitter pitching mat pissing matches just for the hell of it. It is it's it's, it's enough. Okay? With, with with the with the tweet he had earlier this week or so, what the 2017 Warriors against the 96 98 Bulls? It is 2022. Why in the world are we still having the same old mundane, tired, worn out, drawn out, asinine argument slash debate? Why? What purpose purpose does it serve? What do you get? What is the damn point? What is the point? To get to cause controversy and to strike up yet another I mean, that debate. The, who's better, the twenty sixteen and seventeen words against the well, well, you, against the sixteen, against the sixteen, uh, the 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 sixteen, the sixteen, and well we'll do seventeen since they won the seven. You know, the, the with the wars of the sixteen and seventeen season against the against the the ninety seven ninety eight Chicago bull got to be the that's up there with with the Jordan and LeBron argument. For different reasons than you may think. For different reasons than you may think. The 2016 Warriors are not cannot be under any circumstances on any top 10 list of the greatest NBA te- team of all time when they became the first team. Not only did they not win the NBA Finals, they became the first team to blow a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. You can't be the greatest team, greatest NBA team of all time, or be on a top five, top ten list of greatest of greatest NBA teams in the seventy five year history of the NBA, and you won seventy three games and you blew a three one lead and you lost the championship. You just can't. You can't. And the similar thing with the Jordan-LeBron argument in my eyes, you can't be considered a goat, the GOAT over a guy that went 6-0. And LeBron, who's, who's been to the fellows more times than MJ, but he's got a sub-500 record. And he doesn't have as many wins. So it's a double whammy. He's been more times in Jordan. He's been to the finals more times than Jordan has, and he still doesn't have the amount of the amount of championships that Jordan had. And he went and he went six up, six down. LeBron has been there. What I think ten times has only won it four. He's won four rings, not six, not seven, not eight, four. But it's up there with that same dopey argument. It's enough. It's enough for the old school versus new school civil war going on amongst the basketball community. I'm tired of Draymond Green fanning the fires about it. It's enough. There's a happy medium between the two. You got to find that happy medium. Not just with basketball, but with all sports. There's a happy medium between the two when when you compare eras. There's a happy medium. Not everything pre-1982 was is, is and was the greatest thing in the world when it comes to NBA basketball. Doggy, my pal, congratulations on making it to the Radio Hall of Fame. Not at, not everything Bob Cousy, uh, come on. Not everything from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and early 80s is the greatest thing in the world. And not everything millennials and zennials, and, uh, and not everything after 1996 or 2006 is the greatest thing in the world. There's a happy medium between the two. There are some things about... In this case, basketball. Some things about the about the sixties, seventies, eighties, early nineties that you can't ignore, that you that you can't disrespect and disregard. And there are some things with today's game in the twenty first century that you can't ignore, that you can't disregard. You got to ha- find a happy medium between the two. It's not always. Everything back then was the greatest, and then on the reverse end, everything in the last 15, 20 years is the greatest thing in the world, because it, is, because it isn't, and it wasn't. Not everything about today's NBA basketball was great, and I'm pretty sure if I were, if I were alive in that time and, and, and wasted days of my life going back and watching old games from the 50s, 60s through 1992... Not everything about the NBA basketball in that part of time I would have loved and would have liked about it. Happy meeting between the two. But I'm tired of the old school versus new school uh, uh, civil war in the basketball community where you're out of touch with reality and, and and you don't know what the hell you're talking about if if you dare mention and say something that from 1972 or 82 was any good with that narcissistic millennial slash Zennial slash gen z mindset that anything that happened no more than five ten years before I was born. Everything that happened after that ten year period prior to my birth, it, it it ain't up to no good. It ain't it ain't worth anything. It's stupid. It's dumb. I'm not gonna waste my time. It's just dumb. Not every not everything that's new and hot is the greatest. And everything that's got a little bit of dust on it, that's got a little bit of age to it. Is the greatest thing in the world either. And the Warriors would be insane to give J-Mon Green a contract extension. In freaking sane. That's your show here on this Wednesday. If you like what you heard, new to the program, follow your boy on Twitter or Instagram at the Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Mattel at Mattel underscore ATI is. And a show on Instagram at Mattel underscore podcast. I will talk to you guys this weekend. Y'all stay safe, stay safe, and y'all take care. See ya.